I'm Morgan Davy of Diceratops. Welcome to another mini episode coming up. A big chat with our friend Jules Bergeser about D&D, community building, and RPG a day. And Randy and Fran deliver advice to the guardians of the Gygaxy podcast. But first, some breaking news. In the last episode, I mentioned some harrowing news that the recording of our charity show had failed. Well, here's some great news. The audio of the show has been recovered. I'm absolutely delighted to share with you next week, D&D Live, Crit Me Baby one more time. It'll be broken into two shows, two parts, just like I usually do with our live shows. But to whet your appetites, here is a taste. These two hooded figures approach you and they look upon you. And what do you do? Well, hey there, you two look mysterious, don't you? Ford. Make it out to Ford, please. (laughs) (laughs) All right, listeners, now it's time for a little bit of advice from your friend, Randy. The Hill Dwarf. Uh, hello, yeah, we're back with another uh, Over the Hill with Randy. Uh, I'm I'm Randy, the Hill Dwarf, and this is my time to share with you, my faithful friends and wonderful uh, enemies, uh, all of the advice that Randy has g- gathered up over the many, many years that uh, I've been uh, traveling and adventuring with my best friend, Fran, who is um, right next to me. Fran, hello. Mm-hmm. Hi. Yeah, this advice probably won't kill you. Good. With that in mind, we have with us a special guest, Messenger, who um, has learned to speak exactly in the way that he was going to um, to ask the advice question from his, his friend who sent him. Little boy, please uh, talk to me in your message and um, I will give you my advice. Uh, hi there, Snickerdoodle Dude Ranch. Uh, yeah, I have a question. Here in Waterdeep, we have, you know, these giant pigeons. They're about the size of the average elephant, and that's African elephant, not Asian elephant, because there is a size differentiation there. Um, however, I'd really like to know what we should do about it. Well, thank you, little boy, for that um, faithfully transcribed message. If I understood your question correctly, there is an elephant and you have to get rid of it. And one of them is an Asian African, uh, Asian elephant and that was an African elephant. Um, I don't know the difference, but I think if you were to um, ride one of them and say, uh, hop on the back and say, take me home, one will take you to Asia and one will take you to Africa. But you don't have to ride both of them, just ride one of them. And then you'll know um, which one is taking you where it is. Um, wait a minute. Where is Asia? How will I know when I've got there? We should start with that. What is Asia? What is Africa? Where is Africa? Who is Africa? Is Africa a person? I once... No, I know, I know. Oh, silly Randy. See, I was at a a tavern um, many months ago, and I met this man, and his name was Asia. And he said, hello, Randy, I'm Asia, and I have a mission for you. And I said, no, thank you, but you can buy me another drink. And we had a lot of fun playing cards that night, and... I took all of his money because he lost. He was very bad at cards. Um, and then, like, he gave me a map. And I have that map. It's with me now. Do you want to see it, Randy? I mean, I'm Randy. Hello, Randy. <laughs> Fran. Sure. Show me the map. Here it is. Randy, this is a drawing of yes, a treehouse. Of a treehouse. Yeah. Yep. It's a it's... map to my treehouse. Do you want to come up and have some, like, biscuits and some sandwiches? But I call them randwiches. 
Okay, sure. I wasn't doing anything else. Um, so back back to it. It was it was pigeons, right? G- big, really oh. big pigeons. Pigeons. You're trying to get rid of the size of. Do you know how, what an elephant is? No idea. Well, big big pigeons, large. The implication was that these are. Oh, what what do I say? You said elephants. Oh, what's an elephant? Something like an albear, I think. Um, these pigeons. You got to think about it. You're like, what? What is it? It's not, it's not clear to me what the problem with the pigeons is. That's how I work like, my what life. Should, what with a pigeon? Uh, no, uh, acting like a pigeon. I I studied them for many many weeks. I like followed pigeons and like watched where they were living, and I would um I I mastered their walk, and it was the unique bob of my head, uh, which um, persuaded my wife Mandy, rest in peace to um accept my the the last of my many marriage proposals um the presence of pigeons is inspiring it's not clear to me they've presented it as as as, as though it's obvious what the problem with pigeons giant for, pigeons is well, from that day but, she just referred to every pigeon as randies of the sky yeah well yeah exactly who wouldn't want giant randies of the sky so if you want to attract the, the best thing i found to attract me as a randy is is plenty of beer um, and some adventure, maybe some orcs, and I can like um, be friends with them, um, like my best friend, uh, Fran, who's half an orc. I think mm-hmm. if he was more an orc, that would be like more fun, maybe. I don't know. Which half am I friends with? Wait, am I friends with the human half? Anyway. If you want to attract pigeons, then have lots of friends around and beer, and then Randy will come and visit you, and then uh, that'll be the best, the best time of your life and i'm happy to help and if you don't like giant pigeons then maybe move to somewhere giant pigeons don't live all right well thank you very much little boy um you can you can take that message back to your friends and as well as my card uh and 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 they can invite me to their treehouse for for sandwiches i'll bring i'll bring some for everybody Never mind, uh, it seems some adventures came. And, oh god, there's fire everywhere, and... Oh, the humanity! Oh god, one just crashed into a small child. This... Oh god, I gotta go. This question was brought to you by the letter C. For chaos. If you like chaos, listen to Guardians of the Gygaxy, found on all your podcatchers out there. Just look up Guardians of the Gygaxy. Time now for my chat with Jules. We talk about a bunch of things, but we start off with the great solo game experience that she's doing for RPG A Day. Here's a clip from her podcast, Jules from NZ. She needed to think. She had been a mindless mess of anger and denial and fear for hours, unable to stop seeing the image of the priestess being swept forcefully into the altar tree by a wind gust that erupted from her own hands. Now I'm actually going to roll a d6 to see what her overwhelming emotion is when she remembers that now. Um, I guess that will determine what path she finds herself going down and who she is turning into, who this vision is making her be. So I found a chart online that kind of detailed six base emotions that like all the others kind of broadly fit into. So I thought I'd roll a d6 to see which of the emotions she was on that. So 
One is love, two is joy, three is surprise, four is anger, five is sadness, and six is fear. And I have indeed written out all of these um, in advance. So we're going to roll and then read the right one. Um, so I'm here having a little chat with uh, Jules Bergeser about Dungeons and Dragons and role-playing games and all kinds of cool stuff like that. Jules, how are you going? Hey, yeah, how you doing? <laughs> it's um, it's good to see you. We haven't we haven't seen each other in the flesh for a little while as we talk. I don't think. I- no, actually, I was trying to think how long it's been. I feel like it's been a while, yeah. and and I miss it. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. likewise, likewise. We will we will have to game together soon, um, yeah. probably, and yeah. hopefully, uh, with your your character of Mascara Stormfire, who's obviously part of the the Diceratops, um crew collective and i i'm very it would be nice to yeah it'd yeah. be nice to get back to her and see what she's up to because i feel like she's definitely got more schemes going on you yeah. know oh, yeah very very much so, so um those uh who are listening to this will obviously know jules from uh from um her role in our dnd live shows uh but also you might have come across jules over on the fate of Ison podcast where you are an anchor uh playing marley craft since the beginning for how many episodes yeah. is fate of Ison now it's quite a lot of I, episodes i don't <laughs> even know like i don't even know but i know that we had our two-year anniversary not that long ago so i mean that was a bit of a milestone for yeah. us yeah. um yeah that to think that we've been playing pretty much every tuesday for two years together online is crazy yeah 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 it's pretty cool and i'm i'm really enjoying the current season that you've got going on the addition of other jewels um to your your group i think is has kind of like there's it was already fun to listen to but you've added one person and the dynamic that that person has with all the other people has just mm-hmm. made everything richer it's really fun it's a really good listen i'm i'm loving that yeah, but actually just, we just come on here um I was I was keen to bring you on to talk about another podcast that people might have heard you on. I know. <laughs> um, you're currently doing uh, doing some stuff for um, RPG a day, so maybe um, maybe I'll just talk a little bit about RPG a day, and then you can talk about what that podcast is and what you're cool. doing on yeah. it. So RPG a day is a thing that happens every August. Um, it was kicked off in uh, 2014, I think, by a friend of mine, Dave Chapman. Hi, Dave, if you're listening. Um, and it's kind of spread around the world in its, in its current form. Every day of August, there's like a little prompt that people take to talk about role-playing games. And uh, people are interpreting those prompts in different ways and putting their own spin on them. And uh, you, Jules, are using each of these prompts as a um, provocation for a short episode of your podcast. And your podcast is, what is your podcast? Well, it's called Jules from NZ um, <laughs> because, you know, I like to name things after myself, apparently. Um, and um, usually these uh, Jules from NZ episodes are a mix of like things I love about New Zealand and introducing people to the culture. And they're a mix of what I call glitter episodes, which are all about my life in RPG, um, which I really enjoyed putting those two things together and just kind of mashing them. They're both things that I'm passionate about. So yeah, so the glitter episodes at the moment have completely taken over for the month of August. <laughs> it is 
It is RPG a day. It is glitter every day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you say you say RPG takeover at the beginning of every episode with a, a good little little punch of of energy. It's uh, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So in each of these little episodes, and they're and they're short. Um, some of them are like six or seven minutes. Some of them, I think, the longest is like maybe twelve or thirteen minutes. So they don't 12, take a yeah, huge a chunk of time out of your day. Yeah, and each each one you seem to be evolving into a format where. Um, first of all, you do like a little reflection on different things that you take out of that prompt for the day. And then you move into this really cool bit, which is basically uh, a little solo um, game experience where you uh, have created mm. a D&D character and you're following their adventures. And um, yeah, you're, do you're doing lots of really interesting stuff, but I don't want to get ahead of you. So maybe um, let's, let's talk about that straight away. So where did the idea for that come from and and how has it developed over the first dozen or so episodes? Yeah, I guess I when I started thinking about what I wanted to do for RPG a day, I, I was thinking about writing and I used to write quite a lot um, and I sort of miss it a little bit. So I wanted to tell a wee story. But then when I, I started writing it and I realized I didn't really know, I wanted it to be more like a D&D game where I wouldn't know what would happen as well. And I've played, actually, I've bought a couple of um, solo games from the DMs Guild and had a lot of fun just sort of playing through a solo game or two myself. So I wanted it to be a little more like that. Surprises for me. Yep. So that I didn't know where the story was going to go. So that every day writing it would be like a fun experiment. So I started adding in these little roles and I'm in, I've made her a D and D character. So it made sense, you know, like, Oh, how stealthy is she when she tries to crawl out of the tunnel? Well, let's see how stealthy she is and then see what happens after that. So um, that's been a really fun thing for me too. It's really inspiring and motivating to keep the energy and keep the enthusiasm when even I have no idea what's going to happen to poor Kyra Felgelade. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about Kyra. Who, who is she and what is she? And at the beginning of this storyline that you're experiencing, what, what was her situation in the first day or two? Yeah. So Kyra, like she's, she's a druid. She is, has massive connections to the forest. She's been living in the forest, sort of exploring it. And um, she's away from her family. Um, she wasn't necessarily aligned with what her family was doing and achieving. She wanted to discover herself, you know, like it's that very teens 20 where you go out and find yourself sort of thing going on. Um, she ran out of food basically. Uh, she ran out of rations and she decided to go to a village to go get some more. And that's basically where we pick up her adventure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. We, we find out that she's got a serious prophecy yeah. going on around her that she had <laughs> no idea about. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, it sounds like you didn't have much idea about it either at the, at the beginning of things. Um, so as, as an example of one of the, the ways that you put randomness into this, as I recall, you created a bunch of different prophecies and then you randomly determined which was the one that was going to be, um, so like this very fundamental aspect of the story, you just kind of created all these different pathways and let, let fate tell you what was going to happen next. So, um, yeah. when you, uh, when you sit down to, Oh, gosh, how I'm trying to work out all, all the different moments um, where kind of your creativity <laughs> is engaged because there's where you think about the setup and then you think of the different options and then you uh -huh. make the role and then 
so I think I'm, I think I know what I'm saying now. So when you have a situation where you've created these different paths that can happen and um, you've, you've been reading out your um, kind of the prepared bit into the microphone and then you get to the point where you, you have to, okay, now let's see what happens next. Yeah. At the end of that, are you instantly like, oh, cool, I can't wait to figure this out? And then do you stop recording and immediately go and work out the next phase of the story? Or do you like to let it percolate for a while? Or what happens next? Yeah, there's a couple of ways that I do this. So in, in some episodes, I've been so grabbed by all the different things that could possibly happen that I've actually written them all out. Like what would happen in each circumstance for that episode if she rolled that? Just because I really want the um, excitement of like rolling the roll and then in the same take, like no gap in the audio, I just go, oh my God, that's what happened. Okay, I got to read it. And I just read it straight um, because I've already written it. So what that means is there's actually a lot more writing going on. Then you were actually hearing. Yeah. Um, I decided to um, put some of that extra writing just to, for for my Patreons. I have a few people who support that podcast and I've just decided to put it up for them as posts. Like if you're at all interested, these <laughs> are the ways that it could have gone for nice. Kyra, you know, yeah. which has been fun. And then other times I have no idea. I, yeah. have, I don't know what's going to happen in the story past the role so I need to do the role before I can actually get through in my head what happens. And so yeah. I have to roll it and then just stop it yeah. and then just be like, I-, I guess this picks up tomorrow because, yeah. <laughs> you know, shrug. It's, it makes for a really, a really fun listening experience because you can hear as you engage with these moments of uncertainty that uh, you can hear your excitement to find out what's going to happen next. It's, it's like, it's really a, um, it's a beautiful, beautiful energy. So, um, when you're playing this kind of solo game, you're, you're sort of serving as, as a player and also a, a dungeon master for yourself. Yeah. Is there any aspect of the story that you're doing where dungeon master Jules knows something that, um, Kyra, the character does not know, like, is there any fiction that you have decided at some point and said, Oh, I know what's happening here. Kyra doesn't know it yet, but I do is, or uh, is, are you so in Kyra's point of view that you're experiencing it all firsthand as you go through it? I thought I had a plan. <laughs> I really did. Um, <laughs> and then like kind of what I thought might happen, I rolled some rolls that didn't go the way that I thought it would. And so I had to run with that, but that, that I was excited to run with that and I just ran, but that meant that I went well away from the original plan that DM Jules had kind of sat down at the table at the first session and went, oh, this will kind of be how it plans out. And that reminds me so much of my DMing experiences <laughs> as I've been <laughs> learning how to DM a campaign and one shots and all of these things. Um, even I am that player. Who tries to, <laughs> that is, tries that is to quite amazing. You're that player for yourself, the DM. So let's talk about that yeah. for a minute. You've, um, you've been really getting into uh, the, um, the dungeon master, game master side of the table in, in relatively recent times. Is it, is it something you had? If, yep. when, when did you first sit down and say, I'm going to run a game? Uh, Fate of Eisen, actually. Yep. Um, Brad just made it look so much fun 
Yeah. Like, and, and I've known Brad for a while um, and he is a storyteller. He actually has shown me some of the writing he's done and it's amazing. And if I could just convince him to share it. Um, <laughs> and he, he was running this game very much from a storytelling point of view. And yes, it was our story to tell, but he had a little piece of the story that he was telling too yeah. in the way that he guided us through. And I tell you what, that really appealed to me, the way that he was explaining how he DM'd. And I just wanted in on that little piece. And yeah. I started with writing my own one shot because I thought, well, a one shot, it's a little story. It's nice and neat. You know, people can't, go too much out of it. I, I don't need to prepare too much, you yeah. know? And that was um, the Hallowed Festival of Frights that I wrote within Eisen's Borders. So I wrote it within the world that Brad had already created. So, and it made it less scary. And um, I've run that adventure now several times um, at conventions, at teaching sessions, when people just come around to my house and they're like, like can you teach me how to play Jules? Yeah. Um, and every single time I'm excited to sit down and run that session again, because it's got like fond memories for me, <laughs> about like being the first thing that I ever wrote and the first yeah. NPCs I ever created. And I love them <laughs> so much. <laughs> you so know? I, I actually hadn't realized that that very first thing that you created is, is this tool that you're going to you keep bringing out for new people. Are you um, kind of, are you making changes as you go through? Are you like oh, yeah. I, most experienced <laughs> DM now? There's stuff that I know to do now that I wouldn't have done then. Just yeah. even how many rooms I put in a one shop. Yeah. Um, originally the, the, this haunted house that was supposed to play in three hours had 18 rooms. Um, <laughs> yeah. The, the house is now down to like eight rooms. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, but, <laughs> That's learning. Yep. Um, and then uh, I, I used to have it quite like narrow as in you must go this way kind of scenario. Now I have it a lot more open. It. I was worried originally that players wouldn't open doors and they'd just go down a corridor straight to the target. It turns out nobody ever does that. Yeah. They open all the doors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you can just have a straight corridor, basically. You don't even <laughs> need to have a complicated map. <laughs> like, <laughs> So, I mean, it's, um, yeah. it's, it's, uh, that's a really interesting method for getting your, um, your game mastering skills from zero up to, um, kind of a pretty decent level pretty fast, I think is taking the same adventure yep. and keeping like returning to it over and over again with different people. I, that's yeah that's really quite amazing because i i learned all my dming with a small group of people and it was the same people for a good few years as and and so you just are constantly going forward and you're repeating the same mistakes over and over and over because you never have a chance to go back and and look mm. again at that same set of stuff so yeah whether by um intention or accident you've you hit on something really cool there it sounds like a good way yeah, to skill i think up. i think um, I started it with experienced players and I really appreciated their, you know, them being there to help yeah. me through when they just had basic questions like, so how does this work? And I'm like, uh, mm, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I hadn't, I hadn't an answer for that. Yeah. But um, I still find like taking it to a convention, sitting down with an eight year old kid and that kid teaches me something about yeah. the game, you know, every <laughs> single time. Um, and it just blows my mind how differently people play and how awesome it is every time. 
yeah yeah so one of the other things that you're um that i know you for i think around the new zealand scene is that you have put a lot of energy into community building you're very active on the um, kind of facebook groups welcoming new people into the scene um you organize um opportunities for people to get together uh, i remember that you were i think around the time that uh the pandemic stuff was kicking off. There was an attempt to start getting a um, women and non-binary group Mm -hmm. meeting up together. So I don't know if you ever managed to do that before everything started locking down, but um, we actually had three meetings. Nice. Very good. Each, each meeting got slightly more people than the last one. So I considered that a win. And actually, would you believe it? Okay. So, you know, how I sing in a covers band. Yeah. Um, so we had a gig last weekend and one of the people right down the front, I remembered, but you know, when you can't put your finger on where you know them from, yeah. um, she had been in a Diceratops show that I had performed in. Um, so she knew me as a D and and was very surprised to see me singing. Um, and, and then she approached me afterwards after the show and said, Hey, now that the pandemic sort of calmed down a bit, I remember you talking on Facebook about that woman and non-binary group that you were doing is that got any chance of starting back up again and I was like I would love to do that again I forgot that we could like meet with people again because it's (laughs) I don't know why I just forgot that that was I just keep coming home after work and yeah I I think everyone's everyone's brains had a massive reset as that whole thing went on i think a lot of stuff is only slowly starting to come back to life again so yeah, um, well so that's awesome it's that's definitely great. something yeah. that i really want to do because it just felt really positive again like i'm you know i'm all about positivity and rpg and that's why this rpg a day really grabbed me so much because the mm-hmm. whole point is to be positive and contribute and make art and make beautiful things yeah. about you know this game we love so much yeah well that's that sounds uh, like a good prompt to try and uh wind up to some kind of some good closing statement with um what what advice you might have for someone who's listening to this who i think someone who um is interested in going deeper and maybe they maybe they've listened to this and think maybe maybe i'll i'll try out this dnd thing but i'm a bit hesitant about it or maybe they've been playing a little bit and they think well maybe i could try running a game jules has just explained that that she did something and did it a few times maybe maybe i could go a bit deeper yeah (laughs) so what what advice do you have for someone who is just kind of hovering at the precipice of getting more involved in this this hobby and this activity what is so cool about it what have you found that's really rewarding about it and what would you say to them that would pull them in I guess I would say do it to start with (laughs) do it like full feet in like head in just like jump in that crazy pool of RPG because um there are so many different ways of playing and there are so many different people here waiting to help you, waiting to meet you, waiting to become friends with you, whether it is their friends with your character through their character or make real friends. I, you know, I have a brand new group of six people that come around to my house for dessert every week now. And they started off as strangers in a Facebook group. And now they are so close to me and it's all through RPG. So jump in, do it and give things a try. Do you know what? I tell people so many times, there is no way to break RPG. There just isn't. There's no way to do it wrong. 
there isn't there's only your way because once you play the game and you get to know the rules and you get to know what how things work and all of these things take time you know they just do but you'll get it and then you'll just be there and you'll be playing it your way and you'll be having a great time so don't be scared it's not scary we're all very friendly and very welcoming and if they aren't tell me and i'll come beat them up for you (laughs) i don't mean that i never beat anybody up but you know what i mean (laughs) i'll stick a a big monster on them (laughs) um that's yeah you've you've kind of revved me up a little bit there as well jules that's uh that's fantastic stuff you rose to the occasion i think so um it's it's just been awesome getting to know you over the past few years and watching you do cool stuff and more cool stuff and then even more cool stuff and i'm sure there is more (laughs) cool stuff ahead for you um i'm i'm very keen to see what kind of games you're going to be running in a year or in two years or in five years um i think as as we've mentioned on the podcast Jules, um, you got GM runner-up at the big Capcom convention at the start of the year, and your your first was... first time in at Capcom. It's a huge, a huge achievement. Um, that was insane. Like, I still play yeah. with those dice, just being like, "Oh, this was <laughs> just so cool." Yeah. So you're doing you're doing some good stuff, and um, yeah, the sky's the limit. I'm really excited to see what's coming. Yeah, and if you're in Wellington at all, I don't know if any of you are or are planning on attending Wellycon this year, 2020, um, I, I will be there at the D&D stand, really just helping get people excited about playing D&D again. I'll be um, taking people through new games and I'll be just teaching you how it works and I'll just be there to talk about it and just, you know, you can come along if you don't know anything and you can come along if you know lots and you just want to geek out over it. Like, yeah. just come chill. I'll probably be the one... <laughs> in the elf ears with the full cosplay because that's kind of my thing <laughs> yeah. yeah that's that's a good invitation wellycon um wellington's board game convention is super friendly it's super lovely um if you are at all interested in board games go along and you have this huge entryway to all these cool games and heaps of helpful people and now you've got jules saying while you're here check out role playing games too so i think that's a it's a wonderful <laughs> opportunity <laughs> cool jules fantastic to talk to you Oh, lovely to talk to you, Jamie. One last thing before we're done. I just listened to the latest show from our friends at Dungeons and Comedians, D&D The Musical. It's very, very funny. Here is an excerpt. Do check it all out. Link in the show notes. Only your point first. You think that only through song can you change her fate. (laughs) Save me from my own. advantage to see yes you are throwing Sibley's body aside <laughs> I got somebody else to catch um, you catch Alfonso gracefully in your arms 
Thanks for listening to Diceratops Presents. As always, we'd love to hear your questions and contributions and ideas. We have live shows coming up. There'll be an announcement soon. Please rate and review. Please tell a friend about us. Thanks this week to Jared Baker, Stephen Youngblood, and Jules Bergeser. Our theme music is the Sunday song by the K1500 Project. Check out their music. It's all in the show notes. Fantastic stuff. Find us on the socials at DiceratopsNZ. And let the good dice roll. <laughs>